You're listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. Brian is an attorney who represents startups, nonprofits, arts organizations, and people who work in the creative industries. As an arts entrepreneur, Brian is the founder and CEO of Performing Arts Live, a Pennsylvania nonprofit corporation dedicated to creating and supporting live performance opportunities for jazz and electronic artists. Its flagship program is the Allentown Jazz Fest. Brian is a TEDx speaker, a Grammy voter, and jazz musician. Creative Confidential begins now. Today's guest is probably one of the most recognizable people in the Lehigh Valley. Um, I'm very fortunate to be sitting across from... WFMZ anchor Eve Tannery this morning. Hey, Eve. Hey, Brian. Thank you for that nice introduction. Great to see you. Well, thanks for uh, taking time. I know we're to sit with us. I know we're kind of at the end, almost at the end of your work day. It's uh, uh, it's about nine thirty or nine forty five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like are. happy hour. It's happy. Yeah, <laughs> it is like Just happy. Hour. Um, which would be a heck of a way to start the week off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you've built a career in broadcasting and I know we've met a couple of times in the course of, you know, a couple of music Monday appearances and and things like that. Mm -hmm. And wanted to sit and talk to you a little bit about how you, you know, how you've built the career that you have built so far and, you know, where, where your professional inspirations came from. um, What were the decisions that influenced you when you were, uh, when you were in, you know, when you were in high school or undergrad, perhaps that set you on the path that you're on now. So, you know, taking the the predictable route for this morning, mm-hmm. um, I know you from your bio that you grew up in Bucks County, right? And you went to Penridge, yeah, Penridge High, high School. school? Mm-hmm. When did when did you get the you know, the journalism bug or the communications bug, or when did that start for you? Well, my mom says when I was little, I used to walk around with a hairbrush as a microphone and I never stopped talking. So I I guess that, you know, subconsciously it was forming then. Uh, my parents uh, both were teachers growing up. So my sister and I played school all the time, you know, full on bulletin boards in the basement and, you know, children being punished that didn't exist. And uh, so I always thought I wanted to be a teacher just because I admired my parents so much. Then I started taking voice lessons, actually. I was uh, in a lot of plays and musicals and started studying voice. And my voice teacher said, you would be great in news. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe she has something here. And of course, I, I love people. I always, you know, I think I always took the time to under, try my best to understand people and really listen, um, be a good listener. And I love telling stories. I love writing. And I also love, a, you know, some, a job that changes every day. You know, my mom is excellent at teaching math a year after year, you know, mm-hmm. calculus year after year. I don't think I could have, you know, done that mold that you just teach the same thing, even though it's amazing and she does a great job. Uh, so I think I wanted something that's new and exciting and changing. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of sparked my interest in news. And, of course, I guess, I, you know, my theater background you know, shows that I like the spotlight. I like, you know, performing, so to speak. And and I guess you could say news is kind of like a performance. I mean, every day it's lights, camera, action, and, and we have to be on our A game. And no doubt that it is a performance. I mean, I, I remember, um, so for those of you who don't know, Music Monday is a segment that you do on, on the news mm-hmm. where you bring in um, 
you know, you'll bring musicians into the new studio and, and set them up and they'll perform one or two songs during a segment of the, uh, the broadcast. So we'll be set up off, you know, off camera and we're watching you and your co-anchor, Haciel mm-hmm. Cordova. Mm-hmm. When the cameras are not on and you may be checking emails or um, getting updates about, you know, the things you need to talk about when the cameras turn back on and the intensity that you and Haciel have is very clear when you're in when when I'm 10 feet away from you but when you view it through the camera you're you know relaxed and composed and it's a very different vibe that comes through the camera versus what we see yeah. when you know when you're getting ready um so it what was the you know going back to the high school years what was the big production everybody i think everybody in this in this um that that is an actor or in in film or in broadcasting you know they have like that one big production mm-hmm. like what was it for you your maybe junior or senior year in high school um I, it actually is a little bit of a dramatic story behind uh behind this story but uh it was the story behind the, the story, story behind the story is very dramatic actually uh it was pippin my senior year of high school i uh if do you want the story behind the story sure, i'll give course. it to you uh, here. okay so i uh had some sort of allergic reaction and i and i hadn't been cast i was i think i was just in the chorus and i had to be on steroids in order to get rid of this unknown allergy so I was a bit plumped up and, you know, as you'd get when you're on steroids. And suddenly, um, unfortunately, the girl who was cast as Catherine, the leading role in Pippin, uh, was in a car accident. And uh, my director said, hey, I need you. Can you, who is a good family friend, can you fill in? We need you to learn this part in two weeks. So I was a little bit of a plump princess, but uh it was a great role. It taught me a lot about learning a part quickly, and we had a lot of fun, made a lot of memories. And then in uh, college, I was Martha in the Secret Garden, and that was a big, you know, college-level production. I thought it went great. I remember I got one review. I didn't know that critics would be coming, and I remember I got one review that wasn't so nice and uh, taught me a lot, you know, about mm-hmm. developing thick skin. And we still get reviews that aren't so nice sometimes from viewers. But, you know, it's part of the gig. And uh, most importantly, the memories we made were great. And it taught me a lot about myself and a lot about performing. So I, th- I think all my experience in, in voice and learning that discipline helped me not only in my job, but just in my life in general. How long did you study voice? Uh, from seventh grade through college. I had a private teacher and uh, I ended up getting a scholarship at college. Uh, and it was great. We did performance classes every week where you either, you know, you kind of had constructive criticism from your peers. And I still have bad dreams about it. I never missed a class. I was such a good student, Brian. But mm-hmm. I still have these horrible dreams that my teacher says, Eve, you were supposed to perform 10 times. You only performed nine. So I guess it's still. I, I think we all have me. those where yeah, you have a so dream weird. that, uh, you, you know, you show up late one day late for finals. Yeah. In college, or the entire class has already left, and you missed, you know, so horrible. you missed some. So you went to Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. What was your major? Uh, communications yeah. and minor in journalism. Mm-hmm. So when when you say you you got a scholarship, that was for vocal was just, performance. Yeah, it was a separate voice school as part okay. of as part of uh, the college that you had to audition for, and then uh, I was awarded a scholarship and accepted into the program. What made you choose communications over music? 
Uh, just because of news. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to either do news or I'm so crazy that I also had a backup career. So I had a, a news resume. And then I also had one in public relations because I thought, you know, I think I can be on TV, but I don't know for sure until I graduate from this place. So I better have a backup plan. Uh, so I focused on that. And I learned a lot about public relations. Um, I did an internship uh, on Capitol Hill. And then I also did one at a TV station throughout my college career. So my friends were coming home from parties and I was putting on my suit, you know, in the wee hours of the morning going to the TV station. So, so as you were in undergrad, mm-hmm. um, were you on the college TV station? Yes, or? I was. Uh, I had a, my own talk show with my best friend called The Even Allison Show. Very creative title. I played Eve. And uh, we did that as freshmen. So some people are like, who <laughs> these two freshmen think they are, right. you know, coming out with a talk show? But we, uh, we would go around campus interviewing people that were like, you know, the undercover celebrities, like people you would never really find out their story uh, mm-hmm. if it weren't for right. us. So like the security guard at the library and the guy flipping burgers in Benson Hall, our uh, dining facility. And and all these people had awesome stories. And, and I guess that's why I love news and my job now so much is I love uncovering those stories like who knew that George McBride, the, the security guy, had this crazy past and what brought him to the library was so interesting. So, so these weren't fun. So these weren't done uh, in character. These were straight, at, yeah. you know, you were as yourself yeah, sort of a me. Yeah. news magazine. Exactly. And nobody told us what to do. Nobody. Uh, we didn't have a producer. You know, we just did whatever we wanted. And it was kind of a good uh, experimental uh, learning process. You know, we kind of now she's in news as well. And uh, we kind of learned some some good things along the way. Well, and, and I'm thinking, you know, nowadays things are so different where any high school student or, or college student with, you know, an iPhone and a reasonably good mic can do all that from their desktop or from their mobile device, actually, and upload it to YouTube. And the barrier to entry, you didn't need a TV station or or you don't need a TV station now to do what you did even and it wasn't even that long ago. I mean, we were signing out humongous, uh, you know, cameras in suitcases and lugging them around campus. But I'm sure that's not happening now. It's a different world. And I don't know if that's, you know, it's interesting. We get different um, opinions about whether that low barrier to entry is a good thing or it's not a good thing. Maybe it's there's just more stuff out there Mm -hmm. that anybody can upload, but maybe it's not worth anybody's time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, So you graduate from Wake Forest. Right. And your first job, the first, you know, your first big job out of college was where? Was at WBOC, uh, which is a station based in Salisbury, Maryland, and they have bureau offices. So I worked in the Dover Bureau. Before then, I sent out my resume to Hawaii, to Michigan. To I turned down a job because it was, you know, not in an ideal situation, which mm-hmm. was, you know, terrifying. Because then I thought, what am I doing T- turning a job down? It just didn't right. seem like a fit. But this, I was fortunate enough, you know, to be a hour and a half, two hours for my family. It was very challenging because I was only reporter day side in this bureau. And so we basically covered all of Delaware, the whole Delmarva Peninsula, basically, Mm -hmm. um, and the Delaware portion. So we did everything from stories from Legislative Hall to overpopulation of deer stories to um, horrible crime stories. And, uh, you know, it was intense. It, you know, my mom always said it was like paid grad school. Uh, right. It was boot camp, you know, but and a lot of people didn't make it out of boot camp. A lot of people aren't in the industry anymore. 
because it was too intense. So I'm thankful that I just kept chugging along. And uh, it did teach me. Looking back, I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. uh, for all that I learned at that station. At the time, there may have been a tear or two shed because it was was pretty intense. Do you find that that there's a high rate of attrition in those first couple of years, postgraduate years, where people that think they're cut out for that kind of schedule, you know, it just it has a way of, of, of separating a lot of people out of the field, I would think. Yeah, most definitely. And it, it's not glamorous. You know, people think that, oh, you're on TV, a driver picks you up and somebody paints your face and makes you look beautiful. And especially at that level right out of college, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, you don't get paid a lot of money because these stations always need reporters out of college and reporters out of college always need employment. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, you, I always say you start at the bottom of the ladder and you have to climb up. And sometimes it seems like a slow climb. And sometimes it seems like you're never going to reach the top of the ladder. But, you know, like I said, I, I did learn a lot from that stage. Well, and you're also in a field, you know, there are not 300 of these jobs mm-hmm. in one city. There's a, right. There's a handful and they don't come open very often. So mm-hmm. as a result, you see people moving from one market to another and they're not, you know, they may be going across country or, you know, to the Midwest. You've managed to stay pretty much, you know, mid-Atlantic states. You, yeah. You've managed to stay pretty close to uh, to home. Yeah, I've been really lucky because after that job, I came to WFMZ as a reporter. So now it's really cool. Uh, you know, on the morning show, I hear from my old teachers. I hear from my parents who get to watch every day. And it makes me feel proud to be reporting on my home. You know, I feel um, a relationship to everything we're reporting on and um, like a loyalty to what we're talking about. Uh, so that's really cool. And that's really unique, like you said, because a lot of people don't have much choice. You go where the job is and you make the mm-hmm. most of it. And I also tell people sometimes, uh, you know, people will say, well, why don't you leave or or why doesn't this person go to the next level? Well, a lot of times you find once you find that perfect fit and, uh, you know, you feel like, OK, this is this is what I want to do. You know, at my first where I was interning in college. Uh, it was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So it was, it was probably a top 50 market. But a lot of the reporters were 30s, 40s, even 50s. And it was just a great place to raise a family. So for them, they were at the top of the ladder there. That was comfortable for them. They wanted all those stars to align. And, and mm-hmm. that's where we, they parked it. So not everyone is, you know, aiming for New York City or aiming for L.A. Sometimes it's just about feeling like you shine. And we also, the other thing I like about where I work now is just the response we have from the community is so great. So it's like, you know, we feel like we're, you know, they're our family and they feel like we're their family. So it's really a great place to work because thankfully we're so well received by the community, which we're grateful for. Well, there's a lot packed into what you just said, because before we started today, uh, Steve Mittman, our producer, asked you if, if you could go across the hall to the net. We have, so for people who are listening, we, we share a building with a couple of other uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And Steve said, I have to introduce, you know, again, Eve, you know, probably can walk down the street and everybody, you know, literally, I think everybody or pretty close to everybody knows who you are, oh, which, thank you. which has to be kind of maybe a blessing and a curse sometimes, I would, I would think. But, you know, you could have walked in there and, you know, grabbed somebody's coffee off of their desk and taken it and they would have been they would have been totally fine with it. I would it. never they, do that. I, love I, know, co- I mean, I love coffee, but I would never steal somebody else. Well, I'm not, no, I'm not saying, but just as um as as it's interesting to observe 
uh, how people react to you. Oh, thank um, you. But uh, so, you know, you're in the Valley now. You've mm-hmm. been here since or at WFMZ mm-hmm. since 2005? Two th- yes, 2005. Yes. Good, Brian. You did your homework. I did do wow. my homework. Very impressive. I, I tried to not read and drive while I was coming <laughs> up here. Um, so, you know, you've, you've already passed your 10-year mark at WFMZ. You've got the anchor position in the morning. Um, you know, things that interest me is when, you know, from a career development standpoint, you know, you get to a certain place where, you know, as you said, you know, you can make a decision whether to cultivate that, you know, that situation that you have or maybe look elsewhere. And the kind of discipline that is required you know, I, I I sent Steve a text foolishly. <laughs> I now feel bad about this. It's okay. At, we forgive at, you. At 10 o'clock. I didn't realize he gets up at 3 a.m. because you're know. on the air at what, 5? We're Six. on the air at 5. To, 5 to 9 is our morning show. Oh, my God. So, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't last two weeks. You know, somebody told me when I first started, they said, you'll never get used to this schedule. And I said, oh, please, I'm young. I will totally just, you know, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Well, he was totally right. It just some mornings are easier than others. But I say, you know, if the walk from my bed to the shower is the worst part of my day, which it is, it most definitely is. Right. And that, you know, hearing the alarm clock blare at 2.30 in the morning, uh, then I'm pretty lucky, right? So it's just getting through that little bit. Once we get to work, we have so much fun. And, you know, if somebody's struggling – we try to pick each other up. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, the energy on a Friday is a little greater than the energy on a Monday, but we really do have fun with one another. And we always say, like, the greatest thing, you know, when viewers say, well, you can tell you guys all get along, which we do. Um, and you feel like family. That's the best compliment we can get because we just love that that shows on the air. Well, it, it definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, Thank you. So... You, you know, a lot of people that I talk to who may be younger, maybe they're, you know, high school students or college students that are interested in working in the arts. I think that they perceive that type A's and I use that not as a negative label at all, but, mm-hmm. you know, they think that those people only exist in like the professional services world, the the, the doctors or accountants or, you know, people that work in finance. But you know, to be successful, whatever, and that definition is different for everybody. In the creative industries, you have to apply a ton of energy. You know, yeah. a, a lot. You really have to outwork everybody else that's in your space in order to get to where you want to go. Right. And I know that the the schedule thing is only a small part of that, but that's a very that has a very real impact on. On almost everything you do, I would think, because mm-hmm. if you're up at two thirty, like when is nighttime in your schedule? Just out of curiosity, like. Well, I I try to you know be a little productive during the afternoon hours. Then I try to take a nap. Then I try to become normal again, and then I'll go to bed. You know, on a good day by eight. Usually it's around nine, so I kind of sleep sporadically. But you know, I try to do as many events as I can in the community and spend have some eve times, spend some time with my fiance. I, I, you know, I hear it's good to see your soon to be husband. You know, at least a couple hours a day. Uh, so you know, I try to balance it all as best I can. Some some days I do better than others, but um, you know, I, at least we're fortunate that we know when the alarm clock is gonna 
Blair, and we know when our day is over. So I try, you know, if I have an event at night, I try to get a nap. I mean, I just have to kind of schedule things out a little bit. Well, it's not uh, not the easiest way to to go about things. I would, I would yeah, think. it's a little tough some days. Now, one of the things I did want to ask you about is I do see you associated with a lot of charity events mm-hmm. in you know Thank in you. the valley and and elsewhere. Um, tell us about a couple of causes that you're you may have a, a personal interest in or. Uh, that you feel strongly about? Well, you know, I I don't sit on any boards. I've been asked to be on a few, but I prefer to kind of sprinkle, you know, dabble in different things. We have so many nonprofits. We're very fortunate in the Lehigh Valley. So I love getting to know different ones. And um, I'm fortunate and honored that some of them ask me to help with certain events. Uh, You know, there's so many. I do a lot with the State Theater. I report for the Freddie Awards every year. I love Mm -hmm. Shelly Brown. She's a dear friend. And um, we do the golf outing for them. So I'm the honorary MC. I don't golf. I mean, I try to golf, but it's it's pretty ugly. Uh, So I love doing that just because of my theater background and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, seeing the kids at the Freddie's backstage and the excitement. It's just like, you know, it's like nothing else. And it's so awesome. So I love doing that. Uh, I do a lot of work. Work with the United Way, um, their celebration of caring. I'm missing it this year because I'm getting married, but they gave me a pass. And uh, the, the chamber, you know, I do the snowball sometimes. I emcee that. And uh, it, it's just great. I, I, I love doing it. I love getting involved. I love giving back. You know, we're, we don't have to do that, um, mm-hmm. but it, it makes me it makes me feel good. You know, they're grateful for the help and, sure. and, and it makes me feel fulfilled. The Freddie Awards for mm-hmm. those. So we do have a lot of listeners that aren't. Right. In, yeah, in we should region. explain. Thank so, you. So what the Freddie Awards are is basically a um, a version of kind of like the Tonys, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. But for high school theatrical productions. And it's a massive thing up here. Yeah, it's huge. It is like the level, you know, it's not a bunch of kids just doing a. a basic level performance, the level of performance, the quality of the show. Uh, you know, a movie was made uh, about the Freddie Awards. Right. And each year, you know, it sounds cliche, but each year the bar gets higher and higher and uh, the show gets better and better. And the excitement for these kids, getting to be backstage and, and getting involved with the show, you hear these stories, uh, you know, some of these kids, the the sense of community that they form with one another is so awesome. And in a world when we have, you know, bullying and peer pressure, some of these kids, this has been the answer to to keep their head above water and, and help them, uh, you know, not turn to even something as severe as suicide. Um, you know, there's some amazing stories. And it's provided kids with some amazing opportunities, um, you know, for scholarships and college and mm-hmm. to to um, pursue theater in the future. And, you know, just as simple as, you know, like I said, a a place for these kids to go and, you know, uh, a support system is amazing in itself. You know, even if you're in the back of the chorus, it's pretty awesome. Do you know, do you remember how roughly how many, you know, high school productions get Nominated. I mean, I, they they fill the state theater, which is like twelve hundred oh, seats. I mean, they people a- always ask me, "Can I get tickets?" And I say, yeah, "You can't you get tickets." Yeah, yeah. You we can't. broadcast it on WFMZ. Yeah. That's the best ticket, you know. You because, literally cannot get yeah. tickets to this thing. Yeah, so it's a lot of high schools. You know, they send out secret judges, and they um, they watch all the shows in the Lehigh Valley, and then you know, it's it's great to see schools big and small 
getting nominated and getting recognized for excellence in theater. It's really unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. So again, like back to, and I hate to call it professional development, but, you know, part of the podcast is to help, um, you know, people that are interested in working in the creative world, wherever that may be for them, mm-hmm. whether it's painting or theater or music, um, you know, to help sort of put out some, you know, some a roadmap, you know, for them, for lack of a better term. One of the questions I was interested in asking was, you know, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. you know, and this might be specific to broadcasting, I don't know, but, you know, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have done differently? Or, you know, when you look back on college, you think, boy, I really should have focused on this skill set more, or I should have, you know, like that kind of thing. You know, to be honest, Brian, no. Sometimes I think, wow, I shouldn't have been, I'm such a planner, uh, which is good and bad. It's good in that, like I said, I had two resumes ready. And so I I was getting a job. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew I was going to have a job. I was so focused and so worried about you know, making sure those resumes were were ready to rock and roll uh, the minute mm-hmm. I graduated and making sure I didn't waste my parents' money at Wake Forest, that sometimes I wish I would have just enjoyed the ride a little more. I mean, I did enjoy it, but I was really working hard and really stressed. But that being said, I don't regret that because I'm proud of where, you know, it's led me and I'm very grateful for where it's led me. So I always tell people, you know, you got to just get your hands wet as early as you can. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't graduate college and say, I want to be on TV and they'll laugh at you. You got to prove that you have what it takes to be on TV. You got to intern. You have to have that resume. And I think in our industry, you really have to, uh, you know, something I learned as a reporter is you always have to be curious. You always have to want more. You can't just settle. Okay, this is as good as it's going to get. And I'm, I'm done here. You have to have that perseverance to keep digging and keep working harder. And I find even as an anchor, you know, I every now and then I kind of reevaluate myself, like, what can I do to to keep this fresh? Or, um, you know, what can I do to even if something as simple as my Facebook page, how can I make more people interact with this and make it fun for, you know, the people who I'm so thankful like my page, you know, so you always have to be thinking about, you know, you kind of have to do a little self reflection and, and think, how can I better me? And the minute that stops, and the minute you stop being curious, and uh, persevering and wanting to get to the next level or dig a little deeper, like I said, then you fail. You know, you have to always have that. And I think along the way, the people who have failed are the people who just couldn't give it enough energy, couldn't give it enough gas. And that's why why they uh, aren't in the biz anymore, so to speak. Well, there you go. I think that's the final word on what everybody should be doing. Perseverance, hard work and uh and always uh, keep pushing. Thanks, Brian. Eve, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We'll hopefully uh, be able to spread the word a bit. Sounds great, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. To have Brian consult for your arts organization or public speaking engagements, or if you have legal matters you want to discuss, contact him at tucklaw.com. That's T-U-K-Law.com. For future episodes, please subscribe to Creative Confidential on iTunes or visit us at creativeconfidential.net. This has been a Steve Mittman Social Media creation. Creation. Steve Mittman, socialmedia.com.